Welcome to the Meta One Coin Report, exploring the world of private digital currency through the eyes of human rights and empowerment for humanity. Here's your host, Leanne Carroll. And today on the Meta One Podcast, we are bringing back a really awesome patriot, somebody that we've talked to before. His name is Jim Price from the JimPriceShow.com. We're going to have a conversation about sovereignty and whatever else happens to come out of this conversation. So welcome to the show, Jim. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be back again. Thank you. You are welcome. It's an absolute pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I want to find out what you have been up to lately. Well, since our last conversation, I've uh, been to uh, South Dakota, and uh, I got to go to two places in the last month or so here that I have not been, uh, unique places. I went to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to be a part of the cyber symposium with Mike uh, Lindell and uh, the cyber team, found out about all kinds of stuff that you didn't want to be true. You felt that were true, but you didn't want to, and then f- watched watched the spy machine, the destruction machine, at at its best, working against people who are trying to tell the truth. And it's amazing how many people or how many things do not want truth to be part of the mainstream conversation. And then uh, shortly after that, I went to Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan, and uh, two river reference, I guess, uh, cities. Um, uh, I went there and went to the reawakening tour with uh, Clay Clark there. And uh, I saw some great speakers and did some great interviews myself. So it was a good time. That's fantastic. And that reawakening tour is really picking up some traction, isn't it? Yes. Well, and it's, it's really neat. And here's the thing I don't think people understand is sometimes we get in our, our small little spheres and we kind of, the conversation kind of fades away, right? And you don't feel refreshed. So many times you need to get together with larger groups of people, people that are understanding and wanting the same things as you. And that's what church and and that's what social groups and the, you know, the, the different whatevers, and they, they kind of draw the same kind of people to the same group, right? So guys who like to ride Harleys join Harley groups, right? And, you know, people who like to throw axes, you know, go to join an axe throwing group. So you get together. And so what you find in this reawakening tour is that people who are truly, you know, believe that there's someone greater than themselves, right? And then they, they have this belief and then they believe that this country is worth saving and they believe that they want to see this country be something amazing again, back to its original uh, formation, back when there was some 50 odd treasonous people who signed a declaration of independence and told the only world power at the time, we've got this, we can do our own thing. And that 3% of America created a movement that we should all be excited to be a part of and, and want to regain those freedoms and liberties we used to have. And so the reawakening tree really brings a lot of people together for that and uh you hear the people talk inspirational you know stories and so you you get that reassurance that what you're doing or what you're going through is not unique but that you can make it as well uh stories like mine where you know i've kind of been through the fire of of things and so you hear those things talked about and then you find out about you know dr artist out of tulsa oklahoma used to live in dallas and how he cured his and this is something i learned he cured his sister of lupus and she had been dealing with it for almost a decade of her life and uh, he waited till she moved out of the house, respecting his parents' wishes to not to use his, his ways to heal her. And she moved to Dallas after being married to her husband and was told that she would never have kids, would deal with constant reoccurring pain for her rest of her life and maybe never make it to 40. And uh, she moved to Dallas within a month of the marriage, after a month of the marriage and with her husband. And 12 months later, she is now on her sixth kid 
So uh, learning things like that about how our body can heal itself and the energies and the things that we can do to make ourselves better, getting with people who are like-minded patriots, believing God and country, that that's amazing uh, effect, what it can do for you kind of refills your cup, get your energy levels up again. And then you find out that, and then you find out about some other things are going on, some bad things and you help those people in their states or counties or cities of what they're going through and, and uh, the political stuff that's going on. And if we don't, if we're not paying attention, let me give you a little education. We are under political persecution and religious persecution in the country that we believe is the freest on earth. And uh, we should be looking around and keeping our head on a swivel for that. I agree. And a lot of, you know, by the time a child graduates fifth grade, the need for government is securely planted in their mind. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and then you're continued in, in education all the way, I guess, through the 12th grade and then plus mm-hmm. of, of all these systems and how they're in place for you and this benevolent system that is. Um, so well, it's, it's grained into us. You got to remember, like what you just said, well, fifth grade. Well, remember just a hundred years ago, we didn't need eighth grade. And uh, then they decided that, well, the government got needs to get involved and they need to create a true education system up to eighth grade. Then they said, you know what? Eighth grade is probably not quite enough. Let's make it 12th grade. But then let's go ahead and subsidize college. So now that you can go to, you know, you can go to, oh wait, 14th, 16th, 18th, 20 years of education under the government system. And in reality, do we need, do we need that kind of information or are we missing what is right out, you know, the world out around us, the real education? Um, I have an engineering degree and a bachelor's in, uh, in business administration, and I, I don't use either one of them the way I was taught. Uh, the information I was gained in college, I, none of it's been relevant to me outside in the real world where things really matter. And so are we, in a, are we putting our kids through a system sometimes that really you know, round pegs through square holes, uh, square hole, you know, square pegs through round holes. Are we really doing the right thing for kids in that type of, uh, you, I guess you could call it indoctrinization. So it's, it depends on what side of the ball you want to be on, what you think is best for your kid. But I, how is it we made it for thousands of years on this earth? But yet in the last 30 or 40 years, we've really, 50 years, we've really need government this bad. We figured out that suddenly we need a lot more government in our life. I, I think we had some very brilliant people before this and we never needed those kind of education systems. So it makes me worry about what we're doing to our kids. Oh yeah. I, I see it in mine. And I have a, my oldest daughter is wanting to be a scientist. She's wanting to study regeneration in the human body. It's she wants to multi um, facet her degrees, but she's, mm. she wants to study the ocean, the earth and the, the human in regeneration. So she's taking some advanced health classes that, you know, to apply for college and in the biology, there's never a healthy terrain studied. You never in any doctor program, just like what Dr. Artis was saying, I don't know if he's ever said this, but you never look at a healthy terrain and see what makes it healthy, what keeps it healthy, and then right. introduce from there. Right. So it's, um, it, we're, I don't think our, our system will ever produce health. It's not designed to produce health. And the problem is, if you go back to the conception of it, um, the problem is the American Medical Institute or Association or Institute, or you want to call it the AMA. um, The problem with it is actually it was started by Standard Oil. Why would an oil company bother to be engaging or financing something that has to do with medicine? Well, when you go back and you find out that basically almost all of your medications are petroleum based. 
they are refined petroleum. <laughs> it makes you wonder, hmm, why did Standard Oil want us to have a petroleum-based pharmaceutical uh, company? And why did the doctors then be given all these pill books to say that this pill does this, this does this, this does this. And then when they have these side effects, you give them this pill to fix that side effect. And so the problem with it is it's, it's, it's uh, it, the system itself was, I think, honestly, and I'm going to say this and it'll be on me. This is a quote from me, but I do believe it was built on greed. Uh, someone's wanting more profit, more control, more, uh, more market share of something that they own, which was a lot of oil. And so in its infancy, you know, oil, when it was found on the ground and people were able to use it wildly and there was really not this uh, OPEC effect, um, you know, we saw what we, it was useful for, right? We could have, we had, we got to extend our day by having lamp oil in the house and we got to have an industrial revolution because there was more lighting and things of that nature, which is great. I, I get, I get the benefit of that, but then very similar to the internet, it was only about sending communications faster. Uh, that's what the internet was originally about, was sending more documentation one to another through a closed circuit instead of having to mail it or try to use a fax machine. And in its infancy, it was great. But look what the internet has done in a lot of ways. It's been horrible. Other ways, it's been great. Look what petroleum has done in its infancy was great. And then look at some of the horrible side effects of what we've actually created through pharmaceuticals. So I, hey, six years ago, you're going to, I'm not listening to this guy. I'm not going to listen to me. I'm not going to listen to me six years ago. Like, wait, Hey man, no, I got, you know, you know, better, better life through pharmaceuticals, right. Better life through chemistry. Uh, but in reality, I've, I've started figuring out that it wasn't getting anywhere. My body was not going places. And so I had to start finding a different path, a different journey for me for health. And so when we look at the American medical association or look at the education system or look at the environmental protection agency, now we're telling farmers they can't do stock reten water retention ponds and they can't do these things which create other eco environments. But yet the government's now telling people you can't put watersheds on your property and you can't collect rainwater and you can't. So my problem is, is that every time government seems to get involved or the, uh, in its infancy, yeah, let's protect the rivers. But then when it starts going beyond, beyond that, it becomes self-destructive or destructive of other things. And uh, we need to reevaluate. And sometimes uh, I, I think of the term, was, who was it? The one of the founding fathers that referred to the country being refreshed by the blood of patriots. And I'm not trying to be dramatic about this, but in reality, isn't it so much we should be refreshing? We should be pruning back and, and kind of reevaluating what an agency or something is doing. Right. Um, and, and really question what, the, the, you know, the things that began as, you know, good for humanity, good for the environment, good for, you know, like the, the department of energy, the, the, um, mm -hmm. they, um, th these are actually, or the department of education, you know, they, um, asserted themselves as authority figures and, but, but these are actually, uh, for-profit, uh, right. corporations. When you look at the CDC and the NIH and the National uh, Institute for Infectious Disease, the WHO, they're all privately held corporations with boards. And, uh, and here's how incestuous this is. The word incestuous really is, is, is about the best way. It's, it's a very gross word, right? Incestuous. But when you think about the fact that the person who is in charge of approving things for the FDA is actually married to Dr. Fauci, um, it causes me concern when the FDA now somehow is wanting to try to approve certain biologicals 
uh, to be used in future vaccines, which is what was brought out two weeks ago. Uh, not there wasn't a full approval of anything. There was no no jabs that were approved. And in fact, what was approved for the jab was an extension of the Emergency Use Act. Uh, it had nothing to do with actual approval. And so that's a and see seeing it. And so now we have a profit-driven corporation involving itself in government, and then we have the overlapping of people's marriages or inter- interpersonal relationships that becomes an incestual th- effect that now the government is now being dictated by people who make profit on their decisions. And so we have to look at people. And this is what I talk about on my show. I talk about selflessness. Selflessness can define so many things so simply. Um, why is someone wanting to approve this? Because their corporation is going to make more money at it or their spouse will look like the hero in the government. Again, these are things where we have to be careful about the intention or what's really behind this. Is it genuine reason that you want to make the world a better place and make those around you more benefit, you know, benefit, they benefit from your decisions, or is this something that's going to serve you? And so when I say, I talk about 10%, we all should be doing 10% more for the world around us. And that's for your neighbor, your community, city, county, state, the federal government, the more you do for them, the less they have to do for you. So learn how to be selfless and not so selfish. I say that consistently on my show, and I think it defines people's actions and who they are and what side of the ball they're really on, whether they're actually part of good or evil. And that's the part I don't think people really, like. they look at things like, oh, they're an expert. I just listened to them. Well, that doesn't seem to make sense because if that expert is making $7.8 billion off of their choice of where you should go for a healing path or where the government should go with a, some type of legislation or, or whatever guidance... Um, it makes me wonder, are you doing this for the world? Or are you doing that for those zeros? And zeros seem to be what those driving factors are sometimes. That's true. And it kind of gets you into the question um, of, do they actually have a say over what you do with your personal property, you know, your personal right. self? Yeah. And uh, my analogy was if McDonald's told you to eat a box of fries every day to ensure your health, would you listen to that corporation? And everybody's like, I don't even eat McDonald's. Why would I start eating their fries? Because they told me it was going to maintain my health. Well, if the NIH and the CDC and all those have stockholders and they make billions of dollars, the, the CDC owns 20 patents on 20 jabs that are required for school age children. It makes me wonder why it is that they're involved in decision-making skill, a decision-making process of anything that's health related for the general public. Um, no different than, like I said, if McDonald's said, Hey, eat these box of fries, you're going to be far healthier. Oh, by the way. And then your governor's like, you know what, if you don't, you have to stay home. If you don't eat your box of fries, you have to stay home. Or if you don't eat your box of fries, you have to wear this yellow hat. And people are like, I'm not wearing any yellow hat because I need a box of fries. You can go pound sand. I'm not, I'm not a part of your weirdness. But we have people literally running to this and fear the girl. Okay, so when we, re- we refer to the Bible here, we'll refer to the Bible. And there's nowhere in the Bible, and I've asked this point question, this point of question very often. I said, listen, where in there did God tell you that you should always live in fear, to always hesitate, to never get out there and do anything dangerous? Just just con- just wait for wait for a better answer. Wait for something along to give you a safe path. And in fact, he doesn't say anything like this. He's like, you should not live in fear. And I, then I back that up with the leading cause of death is birth and what you do in between that's up to you. Uh, and so how you live your life, if you live in, f- in faith and not fear, 
Uh, think about how amazing your life would be if you were constantly going through the doors that are open and not knowing what's on the other side. There's a lot of faith that people go into scare houses all the time, knowing they're going to get scared, knowing there's going to be a hill, there's going to be something scary or something jump out. And they know by faith that they know by faith that they're going to get through this stuff safely. Right. But they still go out there and do things that scare them. So why is it that people can't seem to get past a, uh, the Mexican beer flu in their life and wonder why, you know, they're running around making really odd decisions for something that they've been told not to fear. And that God gave you an immunity for your body. You gave yourself all these cures, all these things you could do. But then, like I just said, we run to the next chemistry, the next, this and that, and then the side effects themselves cause what, you know, more damage. Um, so those are things we have to really kind of pause uh, we've kind of ran into the machine and we got involved in it. So now I've been pulling myself out of it and I'm finding out how crazy I used to sound. And I, that's my best analogy for everybody else is that don't, you know, listen to me. I, I I'm pulling myself out. I thought I was crazy. Maybe pull yourself out and, and find the, the difference in perspective, right. And your perception, uh, change that perspective, change your perception, meaning change the angle, what you look at it and change the process and what you think, and then see if you're coming up with different answers. And if those answers seem a little more logical to you or actually more beneficial to you. Yeah. It's just like you were saying, the incestuous business of these corporations that require you to, to, to jump through all of these hoops, basically mm-hmm. they, you know, the owners of the, of the um, corporations also own the media. And so it's right. the constant pounding of the information right. that, and just like um, the kids, they um, today, they, will take safety over anything it's mm-hmm. they've, they've been programmed with safety the and, bubble uh, wrap effect right yeah yeah i think can hurt me if i'm all bubble wrapped and i don't ever go out of my basement it's crazy and now that words hurt them i mean everything hurts them right and there was a there was a philosopher and i and a, um that back in even in roman and greek times that they it's very funny how these parallel with each other and it's paralleling today. They referred to snowflakes. They referred to people who would be hurt by words, that words that weren't even spoken would cause them pain and they would lash out and then isolate themselves from or isolate those that hurt them. And uh, if we actually look through this and we actually realize that this has been going on, you know, society and, and uh, civilization after civilization, that we really should be... Um, you know, shaken awake, right? We should, someone should just shock us that moment. We realized that there were snowflakes BC and there's snowflakes DC uh, or a, uh, uh, you know, before and after Christ, right? We have this effect, right? So I just said DC, I apologize. Um, but we should be thinking about this, right? We should be thinking about that. If there, if it was people before Christ was on this earth were snowflakes and then we have them today, 2000 years later, um, and we continue to repeat the same pattern. Who's the dummies? If we're doing the same stupid things that someone else has done, then we're just as stupid as, I mean, that's, but we're supposed to be more intelligent, right? We've supposed to have been, we have these, this great internet, right? We've got these lights and LEDs and, you know, uh, air travel. So we've, we've evolved, right? We've come, we've become so much better, but have that's we? what we're led to believe. Yeah. yeah. I think the book that you're returning to, you're referring to is the fourth turning. Is that right? I think so. I think yeah, yeah. we're in, we're in that phase now where, you know, and kids are, are taught to be offended. I can, I can notice that if, if there's four kids and they all have red shirts on, I can refer to the person that I'm talking about, which happens to have darker skin. <laughs> you, know, you can't notice that. I'm like, well, right. how, how do I, well, he's fourth right. from the left. It's, 
And yeah, we are, yeah. we're taught that. And it, it's, it's, it's kind of like the human farmer um, idea where they take the, the herd and they do these things, which mm-hmm. creates a, a population to call at the end. And yeah. that's kind of where we are. And, and that's kind of the, the whole um, fourth industrial revolution thing. It's, it's yeah. what <laughs> it's kind of leading us into that. And the fact that, that. Uh, the potato in chief referred to it, meaning that he knows exactly what they're doing. So uh, and he doesn't know where he's at most days, but yet he was referred to that several times in speeches or in public statements. So it's kind of weird that he keeps slipping that out. One of the things that dementia does for people is it causes you to speak truth when you don't mean to. Uh, there is a very big filter that's reboot, removed there. So you're not thinking cognitively. You're actually just saying what's in your mind. And so things do spill out of his face more often than are real truths. And we should be paying attention to that. Um, one of the things that I wanted to, to point out to people, and this is something that so this is a farmer's story out of Iowa. Um, it's actually Marge's um, uncle. He was a dairy farmer and uh, he, he, he had dairy and he knew how to raise cattle. And so what he did as a calf was born and he was raising this calf, he would keep them in very small pens, just enough for them to turn around, but not to, not to go walking, but just enough to turn around. And, and as they got big enough, he'd give them just a little bit bigger and he'd let them turn around. And uh, the great thing he would talk about is like, you know, as long as I continue to train them that way as they were young, he said, it usually only took about nine months to a year. And when I would let them out into the fields, he would let them walk wildly out in the fields. And he, all he had to do was put a little piece of wire with some cloth on it, which is usually your hot wire, you know, your uh, electric fence. And uh, they would never run past that, that they were so afraid of the walls. They were so used to having a wall. The wall was far more comfortable for them. And so to know that they would not ever jump a fence and he's never, he said, I've never lost. He was like, he was like in his eighties, never lost a cow, never lost, they never ran on me. And uh, so that said something about even what we're built ourselves into in our society, that we've built a lot of invisible cages, uh, invisible walls. And we're, we've subjugated, meaning we've given power to somebody who doesn't have that power over us. And we've allowed that to happen. And so even within the kids that kids are doing things where they're, you know, being told that they have to, you know, they, it's almost soldier-like machine-like and it's like, well, it, it creates a better kid. It creates a better environment and get passing, you know, done faster. If we all stay on the line and we do this and this and this. And the problem with that is, is that how do you create free thinkers? If you're always walking on the yellow line, how do you get people to evolve or create new things or be great people? If they're always falling in line behind the person ahead of them. And that goes back to an analogy, I guess uh, the uh, Pink Floyd gave us in a long time ago with the, with the album, uh, uh, the you wall. know, the wall it's uh, we should be thinking about some of those things and how effective uh, the, the machine is at putting you through, and creating the same rubber stamp brick over and over and over again. And uh, how can you be something unique if you're just like everybody else? And if nobody has free thinking, nobody has controversy, nobody has anything, then you become uh, actually, uh, you become nothing. You become potatoes, right? There's nothing to you. You're just mashed potatoes. Uh, you don't know which potatoes, which, right? Cause it's all just blended together and it's just a big heap of nothing. You just kind of fall into the herd. And I, th- I think that they do that. You know, the people that, create our society knows a whole lot more about us than we know about ourselves. And we don't know that much about them really. And that's what I like about the universal law course. There's 10 hours of video that teach you exactly what has happened, wake you up, 
to it so that you can see it, you know, just like the Indians, when the, when the white guys came over in their big ships, all right, where'd you come from? Well, I came from that ship. They didn't know what a ship was, so they couldn't see it. Right. Or why were they riding on big dogs? Right. You know, when the, when the, uh, the Indians and the, you know, we call them native Americans or the, the Mayans and the Incas, when they were separated, they were actually, uh, they've actually shown through bloodlines now that they were actually what they would consider to be Asians. Uh, when they got broke away from the rest of the world, uh, they didn't have horses. You know, they didn't have a lot of the animals and things that we understand today that live in America or South America, those things. But when they saw them coming on these big ships, like you said, and then they're riding on dogs, they don't understand why you're riding on a dog. You know, they had to go through a great uh, adjustment, right? But then, uh, then we brought, then they had diseases that we didn't have. And then they, we had diseases they didn't have. So, uh, you know, things... It's, a, it's amazing how we could have refreshed and, and re, you know, really well educated ourselves and made some better decisions, but how big the machine gets and wants to control us is the dangerous part. Yeah, and there are ways to pull yourself out of the machine, mm-hmm. and doing it in mass is really the only answer. Right. It's right. To, to educate yourself and free yourself, and really yeah. those that want to implement and, and impose these things on you, it's not really the question of, should I allow them to tell me that I need, say, some sort of therapy? The question really is, is um, do they have authority? Mm-hmm. Do they have um, jurisdiction? And the answer is no. Right. And, and when you're defending yourself, you really don't defend what the charge is. You defend their authority to even make the charge. Right. And that's, that's the flip. That's the difference. And that's, that's the way we need to think. Right. Um, to subjugate, and this is the definition, uh, being under uh, domination or control, uh, especially by uh, conquest. So conquest doesn't mean they came over here with slings and arrows and nuclear weapons, right? It's, it's, they, they did it through mind control. They did it through, you know, you shall obey, you must obey. And that's one of the reasons that I, you know, I have been, I was already talking about universal law, the, that stuff, everything that was in there. And yet I didn't have that final piece, that final little puzzle piece to make that happen. And uh, running into Robert at the, and Anaheim and, and uh, those, and those folks, it was great because it gave me that final piece to go, you know what, I've been talking about this. I knew these things weren't real. I knew what was going on. Wasn't part of what we should be paying attention to, but we've built ourselves into a system. And, uh, and here's the sad thing. The system isn't just education. It's, it's also your money. It's also interest. It's also the chemicals that they treat you with, the chemicals they treat your food with, the chemicals that are in different things. So fluoride and nitrates and things like that, who actually, they actually dumb you down. They cause you to be more docile. They become that cow that's used to cages and doesn't want to push back against them because the cages are their friend, they're their security. And if anything that the uh, Mexican beer flu taught us last year is that people are very fearful and they want to live in fear. And that they will stop living their life because of something that they don't know or understand is going to get them. And the problem is, is a lot of people had already had it and didn't know they had it. And yet they were told that they were going to get something that they probably already had. And so, again, this the idea of what universal law offers people is a, a true path and it's, it's something that I was already thinking of and trying to find and I knew about, but then I couldn't get any better answers because I asked in my, when I was in high school, I asked, I asked, why is there a corporation of America? Why is Washington DC not part of America? 
oh, that's just paperwork. Like, no, that doesn't make sense. Like what's going on here? And people didn't have those answers. And then I started asking questions about, well, what about this with the, the lawyers and why is that a thing? And then what about the courts? Why are the courts different? Like, what, what is it? What, you know, when you, and so then I started asking questions and then even on my show, I started a year ago. Now think about this a year ago, about this time, I started asking, why do judges wear black robes into courtrooms? And no one could answer me. I waited nine months, nine months on my show, asking that same question. Because I said, guys, I've asked you this guy's question. Find out what this is, why this is a thing. Why do judges wear black robes? And nobody can answer that question. And so for me, I was already on this path. And that's why I talk about it on my show constantly. That's why it's on my webpage. I've already put it on there. I made sure I was, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fully plugged into this. I want to be a part of this. And uh, I know I got some homework to do. I might even have to be do some some emergency travel to make sure I ha- handle this immediately. Um, but because there's some things I want done in my life, I want those freedoms from a system that doesn't that, that I don't belong to, and I shouldn't be participating in. And that you don't have to if given the right tools. So let me give you an analogy. In the Bible, it says, you know, I you know uh, I stand at the door and knock, referring to Jesus coming into your life, right? So I stand at the door and knock. Um, if I told you that there was someone knocking on the door and they're going to give you the freedom to your life, which way you're going to go? And there will be people who reject that. There'll be people who say, well, I don't want those freedoms. I, I'm doing great in the system I live in. But if you really want to understand what true freedom is, that universal law course for 15 hours of your life to have your life back, you'll watch 15 hours of cat videos. I refer to this on my show all the time. You'll watch 15 hours of cat videos all week long. You don't even think about it. You know, little cats doing this, pushing things off a shelf, but what if I said to say, watch 15 hours of, of a video and make yourself free? Unplug yourself. Give yourself salvation from the system, the fiat currency effect of your life, the things that are destroying you and making you feel like you can never get ahead. Um, so anyway, that's the path I've been on. And that's why I fully, fully support everything that, and I, and this is not, you know, this is not a paid advertisement. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's, uh, this is literally from my heart because I believe, and that's why I talk about on the show, individual liberties, individual freedoms. Well, how can you have individual freedoms and individual liberties if you're really not free? Even if your mind is not free, you know, you can't be free. You, and then, so you have to free your mind, free yourself and get yourself out of that system. Yeah. And you can even feel like you have freedom in your mind and in your heart. But if somebody with shiny shoes comes knocking at your door, that, that, that feeling of being free within you sort of goes away because you really don't have a, a leg to stand on. It all starts when you're born, you know, the birth certificate. I, um, when I, I knew I, I'm like you, I learned a little early and when I signed my kids birth certificates, you have to, because you can't leave the hospital without it. Mm-hmm. I wrote underneath my signature signed under duress. And wow. they asked me why I did that. And I said, well, because I can't leave the hospital without doing it. I, this isn't my choice to sign this. And um, I'm under duress. And, and see now, and they, here's they just the thing, went, that's okay. bureaucracy. That's the bureaucracy, right? So here's a nurse who's doing administrative corporate law. Think about that. The nurse. So they've, they've kicked this down to somebody who really doesn't understand what they're doing. They're not, this is not a lawyer, right? A, a, a British accredited register lawyer. This is not a court administrator. This is not a, you know, a judge, right? This is not the, you know, so they're telling you to do something that's completely outside that system to do something for that system. Well, it's a law. Well, is it? Why is it a law? And why are you telling me I have to do it? You're a nurse. You're a, you're just somebody who just watched me give birth to my child. And then why is it that I have to have this to be able to leave? Well, you know, that's just, that's what we do here. 
It's the law of the medical system. And it gets back into CPS and all of that, which, mm-hmm. you know, these are all corporations, but had I been secured knowing a little bit about I would have had the tools to enforce. No, I'm my child is not getting a birth certificate. Yeah, and that they really it wouldn't even be about signing the birth certificate. And this is the thing: anytime, I mean, you don't defend yourself against what you're being asked to do or not do. You're you're questioning the authority, mm-hmm. and there is no jurisdiction. There is no authority. In well, the first and place, and people... it just sort of takes it back on them. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. you really do have to enforce hard, though. It's not easy to leave a hospital with. I mean, you have to be prepared, right? <laughs> you have to be. Prepared. You have to know what to say and how to act. But here's the problem: the the and I do this, and I know this is how they did this with the masks and stuff. That's how they did this stuff with all this social pressuring. They get low level people, right? People that are making very minimal amounts, people that are very low level in the information channel of what's really going on. And then they task them with it, right? Now you have a a hostess who's 16 years old telling a 50 year old man, you need to put something on your face to come into a restaurant. And I actually had to tell us not today. Today's not your day. This is not going to day that you're going to do this. I'm going to go to my table and I'm going to enjoy my dinner. Not today. And she stopped and looked at me and it's like, I, why you're 16 years old, sweetheart, you, you can't even die for our country yet. And you're going to die for this is the hill you're going to die on. We're trying to tell me how. So when we have these least common denominator people down here doing tasks that they're way out of their pay grade on. And those that are in that have built the system, they do that. They, they, they pit people against each other. Then if you say no, well, then that person's offended. Because you're not doing as they have told you to do, as they were instructed to tell you to do. So now they feel like they have to answer to somebody because now you didn't. And so now it's a personal thing between the two of you. And it shouldn't be a personal thing. But then this is where we get in that emotional spin and people get very upset about things. And and that's, again, it's all bad information, right? We, we've got to get better at with this. And that's one of the things I've, I've, uh, I think that we should be doing as well. Is that I, one of the things I kind of talk about is how, we, how we're the right people, right? Be the right people and the right person and be the, and say the right thing at the right time and know how to do that and exercise your rights. Uh, those are hard because um, we always think, oh, we're going to get arrested, right? Oh, if I don't put my mask on, they're going to arrest me. For what? There's no law. There's, well, you can't have dinner here. Okay. I mean, it's like, there's just, it's just kind of weird. We kind of put these things on ourselves and we should, we need to know how to act and be the right people. So that's a, that's a tough one too, because social pressures are hard, right? You know, peer pressure. It's a big thing. It's a big motivator. Yeah. Especially in the younger groups today, because they're, they're programmed. I mean, they see, they see videos and films and they have social media and they, it's really super ingrained and it is, I mean, we should be able to have the choice if we want to wear a mask or it it is just like what Justin was saying on the podcast with freedom, the definition of freedom. We, Mm -hmm. We went over the definition of freedom and it really is the ability to take a look at information and decide if it's right for you or not. And that's really, and and until I always say a mandate is, is uh, two guys having dinner together. (laughs) Yeah. Two guys, two guys going to go do something. That's a mandate, but now it's uh, but if you look up the word mandate, it even refers to the government telling you to do something. And it is your choice. Even in that word mandate, that's, that's weird. Even the word mandate in its definition refers to the government. So it was a word that was built for government authority, not for not because it's actually right or because of what we should be listening to. 
but it's it's we should be think we should be really words have meanings that's the other thing too i have learned if anything i've learned in the last you know six years of my life when i had the establishment come after me but also one of the things i've learned probably in the last three years of things especially uh doing the show is words have very big meanings and so if you listen to your bureaucracy you listen to your elected officials who are your servants by the way and if you go through your declaration of independence you go through your bill of rights uh the kansas bill of rights says that all political power is inherent in the people uh and all free governments are founded on their authority well then why are we why are we listening to anybody i mean when these when we see on cops or whatever it is that you see someone getting oh i'm pay your paycheck He's absolutely right. Now, you're probably not in the best situation to enforce that statement, but in reality, they really are our servants, and we can replace them at any time. Nobody waits four years to fire a guy that they've hired, but yet we do it in politics every single election cycle. Well, we have to wait until the next one. We'll, we'll get a better guy in there next time. So uh, we know four. about elections, don't we? Yeah. And who yeah. they are. Speaking of, I want you, so our our founder, Robert P. Dunlap is on your show at the Jim Price show.com uh, regularly, sort of. But yeah. the next time you have him on, um, ask him what happens when he gets stopped for a ticket. Yeah. So See, you, can, you can have him explain. I mean, just listening to that guy talk about his rights and the enforcement of his rights, mm-hmm. it's a whole new level. Right. It really is. And that's the thing where, so I had another guy, um, he's, he's, he's going at it from a different angle of County, uh, and States being, um, he's, it's, he's using basically the same exact system, but he's doing it at the government level, like using a, a County and creating your own County. It's like your own County commission. Anyway, he was on my show, uh, last week or week before, and it was really interesting to talk to him because he's like, yeah, I haven't had a driver's license in 32 years because I'm not doing commerce. So I don't have to have one. I'm, I'm traveling. I'm not driving. And so it's amazing how traveling and driving become two different words. But yet in our state statutes and all these other things where these 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 laws exist, um, we don't even force them the way we should because there's a guy with these big blue and red flashy lights telling us with a gun that uh, you shall comply. And then we find out that that's actually not real. And that starts getting a little bit mind, you know, mind cramp. Right. And so, and they need to refer to how we can, you know, we can actually take our governments back and by doing this and this and this, you, you only need so many people to actually take your entire state back and you take your state back by, and I was like, I'm listening to this guy talk. And I'm like, I wish, you know, I mean, I wish I had known this stuff. And it's amazing to hear people talk who understand that words have meaning. That's true. And there is a state that's doing that. It's New Hampshire, and it's part of the Free State Project. Mm-hmm. And if more people understood that, that 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 they can do that, and just like when you were saying um, words mean things, legal language is different than everyday language. Like if right. if I were telling you that I'm going to be putting together a um, a policy that is for um, all of the United States and including Washington, D.C., you would think, oh, that's everything, the United States and Washington, D.C. But in legal language, it means that it only refers to Washington, D.C., because in legal language, anything that follows including 
is the only thing that is being affected by these policies. English word order. I, and so think about this. I have a deaf daughter. So um, I don't know if you knew that or not, but I have my, uh, my, I adopted my first daughter and then um, I, my first biological daughter, I guess you would describe her um, our second daughter, Lori got sick. My wife at the time got sick in the third trimester is towards the end. Of the, and um, because of that common virus, um, she be, she was deaf. And so I learned sign language and then I learned English word order and what English word order means and how effective that is. And so, so when you're talking to a deaf person, you know, you really try to make sure that the words are in the right place because too many times we use inflection in our voice. We use hand gestures that mean things too, and volume. And, you know, we emphasize certain letters in a, in a word. So English word order becomes very important and people don't realize that as well. And that's what you just pointed out, you know, how, where the words are in a sentence and where this word is, and then what everything behind that is, see that those things mean something, but we, we don't teach each other that in education, right? Cause it's not, uh, not the way you free people. Right. And the truth doesn't need constant maintenance, but lies do. And oh, yeah. the, the, the world around us needs constant maintenance. Yeah. Well, I, I, when I was actually sitting with the County Sheriff, I, we had a freedom rally. Uh, I was spoke on the, at the Topeka Capitol on the South steps at a rally Saturday. And I sat there with a constitu- constitutional sheriff, but I don't think he understood the whole, and I'm not trying to discount what the guy is intentions. His, he has a, a very pure heart in a lot of ways. He really believes in the people. He believes that he, that people are, have, you know, have constitutional rights and this and that, but he's a little bit of a police officer too. So there's a little bit of that in him. And he did serve time as a police officer. So now he's a constitutional sheriff and he's trying to break out of this mold. And he's like, Hey, you know, I said, well, you know, you have a lot of amazing, right? Well, not really. I'm like, no, really you do. And he's like, no, not really. Um, and I, now I'm going to try And now why, why did I bring him up? We were just talking about um, words, understanding truth. Yeah. Um, oh, he was, he had said something to something that I, oh, and I was just trying to teach him, you know, about him being a constitutional sheriff, that this is means you could do, you know, he's like, no, no, we can't really do that. And the sad part of it is, is he thought he was a constitutional sheriff, but he's really not all the way there. He's not as, he's not as effective as he realizes he can be. And I hope that my relationship with him and the things I talked to him about on Saturday, that he will uh, get to that point. Uh, but for right now, he's, he, but he's, he's far more, I guess we use the word woke um, is now I hate the, hate that word too, by the way, it doesn't even, um, but anyway, so uh, he, he is far more aware of the world around him than he, than most other sheriffs, but he's not where he needs to be for us. So anyway, um, there was something he I think he said to me and I was like, Oh wait, you, you gotta go a little further on that. And he's like, what? I'm like, eh, just, we'll talk more. So education, right. Planting those seeds of knowledge, whether they, whether you see it instantly bloom, it's not going to be a magic trick where the, the magic wand turns into a, a bouquet of flowers, right? We know that it, it takes planting that little seed and then, and it takes time to germinate. It takes time to start growing. And then there's more leaves and the flower doesn't come till the very end, right? When it's ready to, pass on the knowledge or that genetic coding to the next person. So that person has to take a long time to evolve to where they are ready to flower in a way that allows them to disseminate that information to other people as well. So most people don't understand that the, the, these, these agencies and these structures are corporations masquerading as authority over you. 
Mm-hmm. And w- yeah. whenever you begin to flip it, it's just like I was stopped just kind of, I think somebody just needed something to do because <laughs> I got a <laughs> warning, but um, he was saying that he goes, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, ma'am. And, but uh, I'm, I'm going to issue you a warning right now. And, and I said, okay, good. He goes, you know, and he kind of threw it out there. He was, he was kind of green and like a new cop. And he was saying that it's all about, he goes, well, what we really want to do is we really want to control your behavior. And that's why, you know, I'm stopping you now. It's, it's to control your behavior. Right. And that's really all it is. It's, it's so it, does, it, was society actually served by the 20, 30 minutes you were delayed which in reality, you weren't moving forward for 20 or 30 minutes. So that's almost an hour of your life that you were lost for him to create the panic in other people with the flashy lights, but also then to put a little time stamp in your life of you shall comply. Yeah. And it's, he's <laughs> no, just, it's, it's a non, it's, whoa. he really didn't have a jurisdiction over me at all. He, he right. really didn't. And, um, and it was admitted. So, so that's kind of the way it just tells me that's the way they're being trained. It's, it's, right. So that they can. Well, one third of the the police training, and I'm and guys, listen, I understand that these guys run at idiots. Okay, I get it. I get there's bad people who do bad things, and these guys tend to handle that situation. I got that. I'm not discounting that part of it, um, but the problem is, is if you go into their training, and I believe there's about a third of their training is actually taught so they can learn how to lie to you better. And uh, that they'll try to get you on their side. They'll get you to admit things that you didn't do or say things that will incriminate you. And like I said, words have meanings, right? Words have meanings. And if they're being taught how to lie to you, how to manipulate the situation. Again, guys, when, when I say lie, it's them trying to get you to say something. So they're using words against you to get you to say something, which means that there's, they're in deceit. They're just being deceitful. That's a lie. When you're trying to deceive or hold back information or draw information that doesn't belong to you, you are being deceitful. And so about a third of their training is involved in that. And we don't realize that we have a government agency who's teaching people to manipulate you through words, through their actions, and get you to, to subjugate. That's not healthy. That's not, that's not what we all signed up for. If I, if I remember right, you know, according to Declaration of Independence, that's not how we do this. But yeah, yeah. It, it gets into contract law too. And that's the other thing too, that you begin to understand with universal law. And you, there is so much to know that the, the, the 10 hours, it just scratches the surface. Mm-hmm. But if you, if someone says your name, your legal name, and you say, yes, that's me, that's a contract. If you agree with anything they say, you're contracting with them. And these are very, very subtle contracts. And you're right. They're, they're being trained to pull you in to contract with them on level and level and level. There's a guy that, and I think we say this too. It's like, um, you, you shut up, you do not say a word. You, even if they try to get you to open your mouth, you, you say no thing. And, um, that's really, well, that's, well, when my situation happened at my house, uh, when they took the, the battering ram to my door, and I got guys in riot shields. When I say riot shields, I hope people understand that. And I know, and I'm trying not, to, I, I, one of the reasons I want, I want this to be an educational process. This is not, okay, I'm still sitting here and I'm going to talk about this and, and until my last breath. And I will always want people to understand that. I want you to learn something from this. These people had riot shields. The ones you saw with Antifa and all that, and the stuff you see in other third world countries, they had full riot shields. They had face, 
They had right. They had the face masks or the face shields on. They had gas masks on. A couple of them had gas masks on. Um, they are fully gloved, shin pads, the whole, and laser to my forehead for me to say, what you found in my house belongs to me. No, you're not going to subjugate or you're not going to go after my kid. Because that's how important it was to them to find that, right? So they used their authority. They used their violence to, to come in. And then they kept asking me for six hours. And I was sitting in handcuffs and in the back of a car for six hours in my own driveway while my neighbors get to watch this for six hours. And uh, for them to find that, finally, they just, I just, I, I, you know, I don't know why it took me that long, but I just, they kept asking these other questions. And I, I was trying to put together, what are they trying to get me to say? What is it that they're trying to, what is it they're asking me here? Cause they weren't really asking me things of substance. They wasn't asking about, you know, and so I finally figured it out. And then uh, the one time it came out and says, uh, and I says uh, by the way, everything you found in the house belongs to me. And it was over. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. Let's go. I mean, that meant, and literally that was the, that was exactly the situation. What I just told you when I said, it's what you found is mine. It was over. Those six hours didn't have to happen if I would have just said the right thing in the beginning. Right. But I wasn't saying what they wanted me to say. And so the words to them had meaning, but they were using my kid, you know, which he was an adult, but still my kid. And they were trying to manipulate the situation using him as leverage. So yeah. That's, that's not uncommon either for that to happen. It happens a lot um, across the board, but the the process that you're going through with universal law will give you remedy right so and that's uh and what's amazing i've been saying i've said this to a lot of people in fact the uh some other people that have helped me out on other other things and got and informed me what they were doing is like the biggest thing i've said is i i just want my life back and i've referred to this as i just want my life back and universal law is going to do far more than that it's going to give me freedoms and liberties, and it's going to give me my life back in ways I couldn't understand. But to me, I was so desperate for anything. It was just, just give me my life back. And, uh, and it's there. And that's what, that's the process we're going through. And that's why I said, I will probably do some emergency traveling here just because uh, I want it back. That's how desperate I want it. I mean, it makes me want to get off of the show here and, find out what flights out this afternoon, you know, it's just <laughs> because it's that important to me. Uh, I, uh, I currently live in Kansas and my birth certificate's in Arizona. So I will need to make sure and take care of that. <laughs> so uh, that's part of that process, but that's how desperate it is to me that I make sure this happens. And uh, because it's it, like I said, just simple as that. I want my life back. So, but I'll have to get judges approval to do that. So maybe I can't do that. Hmm. That's why we have, we still have mail. You're in luck. <laughs> right. But see, I'm kind of in a, you know, I want things to happen mode. So, uh, so, you know, damn the torpedoes folks, you know, you, if you want your freedoms back, you'll do whatever it takes. Right. If you, and here's a, and here, I guess this is, maybe this is a lesson for people and maybe this is a good thing. When you've really, when you literally have had ta everything taken, there's nothing left. When you have to ask a judge to do things, when you have to tell them when you get in your vehicle to drive, you have to turn over all your financial statements and your, and your electric bill and your house payment, and your truck payment, and they have to know where you are at any, every second of the day uh, to travel, you have to get a judge's approval. When, you, when they have, they've taken away your, your income, they've taken away your, your retirement, uh, they've taken away everything basically you've owned because you've had to sell it to try to maintain your freedom. 
when you see the when you see that there's that glimmer of light, when you really see what freedom, when you know what you're missing and you wish you had your freedoms back or you wish you had your life back, that's why I'm a, why I'm saying this and that's why I believe in this so much is because guys, I want my life back. And it's that simple, but you could actually not have to have this feeling, but just have your freedoms and, and your life back without having to go through all the the destruction I had to, to understand how amazing freedom really is. Yeah. It, and it's, it's, it is true. It's, if you can't be free, why live? And you know, yeah. the kind of what you were saying, not to, not to go backwards, but if we don't rise up and if we don't take our life back, if we don't take our freedoms back, and if we don't understand that we're, we're contracting with, with McDonald's or, or corporations, when we, obey, then what you described as what you would have to do to do this or to do that, you know, all these layers of permission with these fictional characters, that's kind of where we're going. It's, you know, you have to, I mean, you won't even have to do anything wrong for that to happen. um, When we talked about the lies, when we talked about the lies earlier, remember, we talked about lies, like the, 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 the police are willing to lie to you. Like they want to lie to you. They have this little thing. If your entire life is a lie, like literally, wouldn't you want to be out of that? Wouldn't you want to know the truth? Wouldn't you want to understand that truth? Wouldn't you want to be a different person? I mean, seriously, if, if everything is a lie, do you, do you want to continue on in that lie? Once you find out, right, you don't want to be a part of it. You want to be out of that. So you got to get yourself. And that's the, the motivation is that it's it's you've been lied to. Yeah. Yeah. Period. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I've been just when you, I always try to boil things down, right? And you boil it down. This is a lie. You live in a lie. And that's what Robert refers to it as, is you want to talk about your, your fictional self. You no longer want to be your fictional self. Yes. You will have to work within the fictional world, but you will be a person. And it's like, words have meanings, right? Think about that. That's a, that's a huge part of that. Yeah. And, and also too, the, the process teaches you how to manage commercial affairs of the debtor. You, you own the debtor. You, you begin to take over the identity of, I mean, you don't take over the identity. You take over the ownership of the identity of the fictional character and then um, teaches you how to settle your commercial affairs and the restoration of the human being and how to right. properly transact in commerce. So those things are, and really I wasn't kidding. It's, it's like the life that you described is kind of, if we allow them to take us down the path that we're on, that is what life will be like. It's, Mm. it's, it's not going to be fun and we need, especially for the kids, you know, so we do, we, and it it only takes one to 3% of the population. Right. And as, It's funny because a truth doesn't become a truth until the the thing that it replaces is in question, right. you know, and, and there's all these layers of new truths. And the more people that come on board, the more people that just find out and begin to question, the more yeah. our society will um, evolve and be free. And, yeah. The Declaration and of Independence and, the, and the, the, the separation from London or England was only a 3% move. That's the whole idea behind the three percenter effect. That's because there was only three percent of, of America that really supported the separation. And in fact, there was a lot of people that worked against the separation within our own country. So there's there's a lot of things to be said about just the motivation of a few people, what it could really do to set this world free. 
And it is, that is true. Like um, the people that didn't want to separate, the people who wanted the protection of the, um, of the English, those would be like the, the vaxxers. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was hoping you went there because I was going to go there if you didn't. So that's exactly right. <laughs> And, and, and even it's with with every um, I always say too that the the, the anti vaxxers today are the what, I'm not sure how to pronounce it the Essenes in the Bible those oh. that had their own um, awake their awakened um, mm-hmm. civilization right well we've become the guy, the guys who scoop the water with their hand instead of putting their face in the river right we we became that three thousand that was left. Um, so when you think about, if you want to separate yourself and here's the thing, say for me, six years ago, I stopped using fluoride. Now, I don't know if that has any direct correlation to why I'm here today, but I do know that I've over the last six years and it was prior to be having all these attacks, but, um, I started thinking and thinking things differently and looking at things different. I, like I said, I already had an, a knowledge base from other things that for some reason, when I was younger, I was cued into this stuff. But anyway, the idea that you know, I got out of the fluoride stuff. Uh, I started doing things differently in my life started and I stopped, I stopped eating. Well, that's another thing I did. I stopped eating anything that wasn't in its original form. Uh, kind of the uh, paleo diet where you, you know, you eat a steak or you eat a piece of chicken or you, you know, eat, you know, you don't eat things that are processed, um, not buying things that are on the aisles of a grocery store, only buying things on the exterior walls of a grocery store. Cause those are things that have to be kept fresh, right? Those are the fresh items, things on the aisle. They can be there for a minute. That means there's a lot of stuff in there. Um, so there was things I did. And so maybe all these things have all are directly correlated. Maybe I'm just wanting to make, you know, make them that way, but being a healthier person, being mentally healthier, being more, uh, aware, head on a swivel, situational awareness. I mean, those are all things that I already had before, but I'm really refining those skills now. So. Yeah. And it sounds like you're getting your power from inside yourself, mm-hmm. your knowledge yeah. and your wisdom from inside yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So your faith, outside. your faith inside your belief inside who you are, once you believe something, it's always easier to do it. Right. Wow. I believe in this. Um, but in reality, I believed in this before I found it. And so maybe that was, uh, maybe that was part of my journey to get here. So I could tell people like, guys, you don't have to go through all this. Let's go do this. So you don't have to like, don't let the machine eat you alive. Don't go through the, the meat grinder if you don't have to. Uh, and you know, yeah, you can survive, but it still hurts. And there's a lot of pain and suffering that's involved. So free yourself now. So things don't come up like that. And then in a time where we're seeing where our government is getting more and more ruthless, uh, where your Department of Homeland Security has defined those that do not believe in the vaccine, but also those that believe that there may have been a problem with the election are now considered to be domestic terrorists. Uh, you have now been defined as a terrorist. That was actually a true announcement from the podium of the Department of Homeland Security in America. This was not a warning. This was not somebody paraphrasing. This was their direct words. If your government believes that in you, then this might be a time that you really need to think about this. This is a real, this is a real time in that and it should cause you panic. And if you have others that you know should be on this path, then this should motivate you to make sure they're on it and convince them to get this part, this path started. So, Yeah, that was the warning shot over the bow, wasn't it? It was the, the little bit of truth that they did spout that day. Yeah. So that, yeah. And you do need to have um, secured friends as well so that you can execute your, your documents and you're yeah. like, when you get into your trust and things like that, you do need mm-hmm. to have people that you trust around you. Well, and that's, and that's, again, it's all about 
personal relationships, people, uh, if anything last year taught us, I mean, gosh, I mean, life lessons were there separating people from people created more suicides in April of last year than it does in a regular calendar year because well, the, you yeah. took away hope. You took mm-hmm. away hope and the interaction of people and people decline exponentially. So people, we need each other. We do need each other. And, and we're built for that. Food, water, shelter, community, mm-hmm. things that don't you go, do. Don't go to church. Don't go shopping. Don't go to football games. Don't go to whatever it is. You took away the, the interaction of people, the, the reason to hope. So Yeah, we, we fell for it. A yeah. lot of, a lot of people did, but yeah. I know I got kicked out of Menards and other places because I was just, I continue to go out. I literally did. I personally went out every single day to go do something at a store or something just because I just didn't want to be caught up in their machine. I was that stubborn about it. I'm glad you did. And the other thing too, is um, the whole essential and non-essential thing. Mm. You know, a lot of uh, the majority of the population were being told that they were non-essential. Right. Right. And even parts of our government were considered to be non-essential. So then why did they exist at all? (laughs) It's like, okay, so you don't need to go to work. So then why does that job exist? Seriously, I mean, that right there should, that should have been our greatest moment to boil down our government to its smallest common factor in that moment. We could have went back to national, um, which is national security and, uh, and then international commerce or immigration those, those, we could have gotten our government back down to that. We could have whittled it in that moment, but the government got bigger instead. Yeah. We actually created more government and they've added seven guys. Listen, if you guys aren't paying attention, your government added $7 trillion for the credit card last week alone, $7 trillion to the credit card last week alone. That should cause panic for you to want to be out of that system. Uh, be away from that fiat currency as fast as you can. And that's where Metal One Coin comes in. That's the, that positive spin there is that you can, you, there is a harbor out there. There is a safety, but you got to get out of it before this whole thing comes to a screeching halt. And of all the, if you look at all the trends, all the markers, we are way past a correction. And it's a coming. It's coming. They keep dumping money in there, but you can't, you just can't do that for that long. It's just not going to hold up. Yeah. And you were saying too, that a catalyst could be needed to create the change that we need. And that's kind of what's happening. You know, they're creating the catalyst to wake the people up and metal one um, is almost ready to go into a full on public launch and mm-hmm. our gold backed, what do we call it? A, a token, a um, security token. No, it's not, it's not that. Right. <clears throat> anyway, there's a new name that we have for it. Anyway, right. it will be available. <clears throat> right. <laughs> um, so, well, that's, see, that whole thing with what was being created, too, is the, it's uh, it, the, the idea that you guys are working on the, the actual bank and the actual uh-huh. commerce side of things. That is exciting for me, too, because then that also, it's not just something that, is rare or something that over here that you really can't use, but it's something that will be able to be mainstream as well. Yeah. It's a secure utility token. Okay. Right. So that's, that's what it is. And it's backed by gold. Mm-hmm. And as it's traded, the trading value goes up and we allocate assets to, to bring up the price point, to keep it, you know, rising so mm-hmm. that you're not losing your value of, of your investment, your money, your hard right. work, your labor, your well, energy, yeah, the, the your fiat life. currency, yeah, the fiat currency that we live within, guys, is, is losing three to six percent just because. 
So you think about that. Every year, three to six dollars out of every hundred bucks just goes away. Poof. I think it's more than that. I think it's like fifteen. Well, the if last you add year in, or two. If you add in the um, the cost of goods going up, which is the loss of the three to six, the purchasing you be, power. It, yeah, you become that twelve. It can become that twelve to fifteen percent, right? So you lose the value, then your purchasing power gets lower by that same. And so there's this. It, there really is this drive. That, so your cost of goods go up, but your value goes down. So you have this this big open space here of just no value. And so everything every year. So yeah, think about it, almost every five to well, depending on it, well, how the economy or whatever you want to call it is going five to 10 years, you really basically have to re- replenish your, your entire wealth about every five to 10 years, because you're losing that much value every year. So every about every five to 10 years, you almost have to reinvent or have had to double yourself just to stay ahead of deflation, uh, deflation of your value of your money, but inflation of goods. I mean, it's weird. I mean, people don't even think about it. They don't realize how much of a hamster wheel they're truly on. And that's where gold backed currencies are really, okay. People, okay. I don't think people get this a hundred years ago, 80 years ago, up until about the fifties, we used to have, especially in the fit before the fifties, we had single family incomes, but they could take the summer off. See, people would go to the Hamptons, the Catskills, to they would, and this wasn't the rich of the rich. This was people that were considered just to be blue collar workers. And that, you know, granted, the poor didn't really have that opportunity, but you could still work your way up to be a way up to be a blue collar worker that would go and spend a month, two months in the summer, be gone to vacation. They would take their car, they would drive across America. They take two, three months to drive and go out in the Grand Canyon and come back. That's what the Route 66 was all about. So again, well, we we forget like, well, you know, that was very unique. And no, that was everybody because gold-backed currency was still a thing back then. We were more on the silver uh, uh, backing at that point because we were off of we had fallen completely off of the gold, but we were on silver at that time. But in reality, if you know about how currencies work and how those things were, when the when we used to be on gold-backed currency, people could go and just the value of their money existed and it got better and never did they lose the value where we had to, like I said, replenish ourselves or double ourselves in every five to 10 years, depending on how the economy is going or the fiat currency is going. Uh, 1971, you know, we had Jimmy Carter, which was probably one of the most, you know, least effective leaders we've had, which really let anybody do whatever he wanted. Uh, Jimmy Carter, we went to the petroleum backed currency, which allowed us to create some stability and keep some relevance in the world stage. But in reality, we were off the gold silver backed currency. And that's why we have been on this fiat. We've been on this pinwheel or not pinwheel, but this hamster wheel trying to keep up, trying to keep up, trying to keep up. And we haven't been able to. Yeah. And that's where Meta One comes on, comes in. You can get off of the hamster wheel and mm-hmm. live your life just the way that you were yeah. saying, the way that you want to, and you can create just like you want to. And it's funny, you mentioned the the, the petrodollar basically. Yeah. <clears throat> I was sitting next to the lead buyer for gasoline for all of 7-Eleven for Southland mm. Corporation. He was sitting next to me going to a conference and um, he, he told me, I learned a lot about the purchasing of oil. I learned a lot about um, the business just from his perspective, but he did not know about the petrodollar. I mean, no somebody way. that involved in oil didn't know about it. But he's buying probably billions of gallons of gas every day for 7-Eleven and yet doesn't understand the idea of what he's up against. Yeah. So think about that. He doesn't even understand the machine in which he lives in. 
And but you did you hear about this? And here's something, guys. If you're not even thinking about Meta One Coin, you got to get your eyes open. Russia just uncoupled from the petrodollar that they will not trade their oil in petro us dollars anymore and so there's a couple countries that done this but russia because russia that's kind of the only reason they've kind of stayed on the world stage because they do have some oil laying around and they have been kind of kind of screwing around with european oil and natural gas guys that's a huge thing they they decoupled from the us dollar three months ago they can sit they they de- when I say decouple, that means that they don't they don't follow the value trends of the U.S. dollar anymore. They're on their own, and so they've pulled away from that. Now they've pulled away from the on the oil trade side from the U.S. petrodollar because see the the agreement was that all U.S. current all oil on Earth was traded in U.S. currency, U.S. hard currency, and so that's how Saudi Arabia has warehouses full of cash that will be basically warehouses full of paper. But that's how we've stayed relevant on the world stage in a lot of ways as being that our, uh, our dollar was what was being used for, US, uh, for oil currency across the globe. And so now Russia, one of the largest you know, producers and, and marketers in that realm, they've decoupled from that. They've got decoupled from our currency in general, and then they decoupled from on the oil trade, the, U, uh, the U.S. petrodollar. That mm-hmm. should give you an indicator where you need to be. <laughs> and it's not in U.S. currency or your 401k. Um, I'm just saying on that, if I had anything, I took everything out of the stock market uh, the beginning of this year. Uh, I, I was not, I just could not stand it anymore. I was like, I got to get out of this. Um, there's just no way this is going to last. And, uh, and I, I haven't, you know, it hasn't happened, but it's coming. I just don't see how it's not here yet already. There's just too much going on. I think, I think there's just a little bit of time left. It's, they haven't introduced the central bank digital currency yet. When they, when they do that, it will, right. um, th- that's when everything is going to fall right now. They're just inflating the debt away, but they're also there. You had mentioned they're pumping $7 trillion into the economy, but they're also pumping out to the tune of almost a trillion. It, it did hit a trillion, the repo market. So it's mm-hmm. like being fanned in and then sucked out. So we're, we're right. in a holding pattern right now. And they're, they're just, you know, yeah. it's just a real steady. So that's, that's why it's sad. right now is the best time to get into Meta One Coin. And if you want to yeah. find out about it, you can always go to metaone.io. You can go to Jim Price's website, the Jim Price Show, the Jim Price Show.com, not any yeah. other Jim Price Show. It's the <laughs> Jim Price yeah. Show. And you can find See, out. See, words about have that. meanings, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Right. So, and the, um, let's see the, the tour, you can also find out where Jim is. It's listed on his website. And right. I'm not sure if we're putting out where we are, but anywhere yeah. Jim is like out there in the, in the world, you can also, you can also find us. You can find right. Meta one and yeah. universal law. You can sign up, find out how to sign up. And yeah. it's a good thing. And, you know, the, the more steps you take, even if you just begin to learn, the more powerful you feel within yourself and beginning to even just get into to crypto, get into alternative yeah. types of money. Or just I mean, I hate allow- to say it, but throw a couple hundred bucks at it. I mean, yeah, or you know, there's, I mean, we, a lot of, I bought into Dogecoin back in the, in January and uh, I, I got in kind of early. It was kind of nice. So now that it's kind of been a thing, it's it's created value there that I, you know, it's so so having that in there, it's different. But this is a precious metal backed coin, which I know Doji's a 
fake and I know Bitcoin's a fake and those things. I just, I'm waiting for that all to correct itself. But knowing that this is precious metal backed, see, it's not something that where there's, yeah, there's an infinite amount of, there, there's a finite amount of Bitcoin or Dogecoin. I get that. But at the same time, when you actually say it's an intrinsic valued, like there's truly a precious metal value there, that should motivate everybody. That that should be a game changer for everybody to understand exactly what that is. Yeah. And, and there is a finite amount of Meta One coins as well. Right. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's very exciting. Just let someone yeah. pay you um, for in crypto, like when you're doing a peer to peer app thing. And just most just of the Visa cards, crypto. most of your Visa agencies will all take uh, crypto for the payment now. Yeah. Um, you know, Tesla did it, which I'm, you know, I, I don't care about Tesla in two ways a Sunday, but. Uh, they did it, but there's a lot of other companies that are actually allowing for that. And in fact, if you go to like Venmo, PayPal, um, a lot of these other ones, they're accepting crypto payments. So if you go to eBay, you can buy through your crypto uh, <laughs> through PayPal. So it's not so it's not like this is something that we go, hey, we're still waiting to figure out how we can get this into the mainstream market. Uh, if you can pay with your Visa card, pay off your Visa card with your crypto there it is. They're right there. There's your answer. So you can work in the fictitious world as well as have a true gold-backed currency. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. And you can even have your your other cryptos in your Meta One wallet as well. And you can use them on the exchange. There's, there's so much. There's so much flexibility. The, the entire industry. I just had a conversation with Joel Valenzuela, who is he has been crypto free or uh, he's been crypto only since hmm. 2016 or 2015. Oh wow! And he explained the the hoops that he used to have to jump through, and just how easy it is right now. And right, did you know that? Okay, guys, listen to this. I want you guys to listen to this for a second. When you think about some of these other cryptos, okay, do you realize that Bitcoin was actually on a child's computer game, and it was the way that they were able they were buying. You could actually they were using crypto coin. They were using Bitcoin. NFTs inside of this game and uh, i i'm not going to name the name of this game but it was a very popular child's game a computer child's game where it dragged down your computer it was horrible on your your processors and everything else but you literally had bitcoin and it's still worth bitcoin today but inside of this game you could go in and buy Bitcoin and have like a million Bitcoin or whatever, or 10,000 Bitcoin or a hundred, whatever it was, but it was like worth almost, I mean, you could buy it for pennies, but kids were using this back then. And that's kind of, I mean, I don't think people realize how much this has actually been. And then we're talking about in the early 2000s. So 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, that was going on back then. So this is, this is stuff that's been around, but it's, you know, now since it's evolved past that, but People, this is, I don't, it's not going away. I mean, sad to say there's too much money in the market and for it and all that, but it's not going away. It's only and, getting bigger. And even the big guys are wanting to get involved in it. So it's, mm. it's definitely everyone that uses the fiat dollars and paper money will be on, on apps and right. it's just getting, it's um, coming. yeah, it really it is. is coming. That's the, that's the crazy part. It, this is coming. Like it's really coming. Like you guys see that? about this uh and the other thing is why be caught up in a bunch of paper assets i mean you can look at venezuela 2012 they they voted away all personal ownership of guns and uh two years ago the military was running them over in the street with their uh their mraps so guys their money is worthless it takes like three million of their dollars to buy a cheeseburger 
I don't got $3 million to buy cheeseburgers today, guys. I'm telling you right now. So you need to think about this. You know, just looking at Venezuela is a really good point. It's a case in point. And what, if you let your government do what they're allowing them to do, the, how are those people going to get themselves back? Yes. You know, just don't let them go there in the first place. Dominion was in there full force in their elections back in 2008. And uh, you look at what happened to them by 2012 and where they're at today. Yeah. Uh, those voting machines, that was the test ground for those voting machines that we're fighting back against now in our own country. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I mean, with, with the whole government and the whole voting and the whole electing people into office kind of thing, it's once you once you learn about personal sovereignty, personal freedom, allowing people in elected office to uh, ask you to follow policy is mm-hmm. just out of the question. And the more people do that, we will literally reconstruct our government, our, our self-government. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, that's what needs to happen. And a complete um, from the ground up revolution. And it can be a peaceful revolution. It can be exciting and it can be, and that's what we're doing. We're creating something that you would want to join. And right. so, yeah. Well, one thing too, real quick, and I just, before you go, so this is, and I'm just going to give this because I want people to understand why words have meanings, right? So in the bill of rights, it says very simply in the Kansas constitution and all, and by the way, the federal constitution says all state constitutions are reciprocal one to another, but I want people to understand that there is a, there's a, there's a privileges power, political powers and privileges, all political powers inherent in the people and all free governments are founded on their authority and instituted for their equal protection. No special privileges or immunity shall ever be granted by the legislator. How many legislators or police officers or judges have immunities because they say they have them, but yet in our own bill of rights, it says they don't. And so words have meanings, but yet we're not exercising the words that are right in front of us. We are letting them get away with murder. Um, They are slaying us in ways that we can't begin to understand because they are misusing our own words against us, Mm -hmm. creating legislation, creating bureaucracy, creating agencies, creating uniformed police officers that go around and, and uh, do the will of the courts. We got to, we got to wake up to this. And uh, as soon as you want your freedoms, this is the path right here. It's so simple. And that's the simple part of it. That is the simple part. Just follow the path. It's right here laid out in front of you. You don't have to go discover this on your own. It's nice. That's true. That is true. And um, it's something, it's, it's a shift in mindset mm-hmm. that is, it's priceless. It really yeah. is. And right now it's a gift because it's in its early stage, but it won't always be, but it will always be affordable. Right. So <clears throat> how do people find you? If you're a, uh, out and about and you want to talk with Jim Price in person, or you want to see uh, Universal Law and Meta One individuals. We have a great crew. We're going to be at the reawakening tour in um, Colorado Springs. In Colorado Col- Springs. Yeah, Colorado Springs at the end of September. Go to Thrive Time. You can see the schedule there. Um, the Jim Price Show.com is where you can find me. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me personally, the Jim, uh, Jim Price at the Jim Price Show.com is my email. I let people get a hold of me. I answer any questions. I get back to people as fast as I can. Uh, Jim Price at the Jim Price Show.com is my email for the show, but j- the Jim Price Show.com has the Meta One link to it. So you guys can go out there and get this currency that's actually going to help sustain your life into the future. But also uh, go to the Universal Law link that's there as well and click on that 
and uh, go start your your journey to freedom. It's really not that hard, guys. Like I said, you watch cat videos all the time. Watch something that sets you free. Uh, do something productive and live life with purpose. It's it's an amazing difference a way to life uh, way to live life. That's true. And you also have some merch. Yeah. Uh, one of the shirts I have, I can give me a little plug here real quick is, uh, say her name. Uh, I actually wrote a poem last year, woke up at about two 30 in the morning. I think it was inspired by God, honestly, but uh, open it up. Uh, okay. Uh, so this is the say her name, uh, shirt here. And on the back of it says, we stand with all patriots and, uh, America say her name. And it was actually a poem I wrote. And it, it, like I said, it was inspired by God. It's on the no coast surf shop. Uh, you can find that on the Jim Price Show link or you can, or on the Jim Price Show page, or you can go to the nocosurfshop.com. And uh, we stand with all Patriots uh, gears on there. We have trucker hats. We've got regular hats, ball cap, or, uh, stocking caps, hoodies, T-shirts. And um, so we got, we got quite a little store over there. And the merch itself, uh, it does, I make a little bit of money on it. It helps kind of keep the lights on and keeps the internet going. Uh, but those things are also helpful. And I'll say when we stay, when we say we stand with all patriots, we stand with all patriots, God and country first. It's not that, uh, it's not an RD thing. It's not a libertarian independent thing. It's not a black, white, red, you know, whatever you want to call it issue. It's the God and country, meaning that we all believe our country should be free and should be able to have liberty to think what and think and do what they want. Liberty is that is the thought process of it, right? You can have freedom, but then you have to have that liberty, that mind freedom. And I think that's what we don't have today. We don't have the mind freedom. And so for my show, the Jim Price show.com, the no coast surf shop.com uh, as well is uh, those are the places you can find the merchandise and find me and get a hold of me in any way you want to. I do a daily show uh, from four to five central time. And I do a Saturday evening show from seven to nine central time and uh, we do interact so if you comment on the show i'll usually call you out and and uh, if you say something funny and a lot of times i'll do the ron burgundy thing and just read whatever you wrote which sometimes gets me in a bear trap other times i try to pre-read before i say things but uh it's very interactive i do have good co- uh, good uh good uh show um good show guests coming on uh things like dr Arvis, artists out of uh, tulsa but i've also had rudy giuliani I've had a lot of different uh, Paris Dinar with the Republican National Committee, things that people you know and understand have been on my show and enjoy coming back. So, and I do a lot of uh, introspective stuff, stuff that uh, helps us inside of here, thinking about selflessness and being a less selfish person, helping the world around you. And I think, honestly, uh, the universal law thing is helping you. It's making you a better person so you can help more people around you. And also the, the Meta One Coin gives you freedom that you don't really quite understand yet. And I don't think people have got it, but when you do, it's a freedom that you'll never give back and it'll empower you to be a better person and make the world a better place around you as well. That's true. If your, if your currency isn't inflating away, inflating yeah. through your fingers, yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to work so hard for it. Well, absolutely. absolutely. It goes a lot further. And it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, it's it been really great. was. Thank you very much. Yeah, and you, so the, <clears throat> you were mentioning the the universal law link. The other way you can go to it is number eight, universal law, number eight dot IO and meta one dot IO. You can find out everything there. So, yeah. yeah. Very cool. I right, man, it's been, it's been so great to be a part of this. And it's been, such, like I said, I, I'm on here because I believe in this and uh, I can, I could not talk this confidently about something. I wasn't really that, uh, the wholehearted about. And so I want people to understand that this is coming from here. 
there is, there's no, this is not a dollar exchange. Like, Oh, thank you for the hundred bucks for having me on. It's, it's the idea that I want to, I want you guys to be a, a free on this. Uh, I want you guys to see this. And I tell people about it constantly um, because I believe it. I had, I had this, I had the link on now. Um, I don't know when I put it on there, but it was like, Hey, can I, I had like immediately was like, can I put your link on my, 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 uh, my webpage? Cause I want that out there. And so that information is very, very uh, important for me and my fans to, from, it's important for me so my fans can be set free. And so it's great right. that you guys are doing So Yeah, and we really like you too. We do not pay you <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> but what we yeah. are about solutions yeah. and yeah. Um, that's where you're going to find some some solutions in, in the category that we offer solutions in. So right. thank you. Thank you. So, thank you so much. And until next time, live freely and live abundantly. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything you're doing.